Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find three separate speaker feeds with over 300 speaker files, links for you to subscribe to the podcast, and a place where you can donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Lisanne. I'm Lisanne. I'm a compulsive over here in Bulimic. All of a sudden, my dress got all tight around my neck. So if I pass out, somebody catch me. Um, so, uh, David, thank you so much for asking me to uh, share at this meeting. It's an honor and a privilege to be able to share um, at the Light a Candle meeting. Um, I love this meeting. Um, it's been a, a home meeting for me for... Um, you know, on and off for many years, and uh, I love listening to the podcasts. Um, I know a lot of the people in this room, a lot of my OA sisters are here, my sponsors here, some of my best friends are here, um, and if you're new tonight, welcome. I want to say welcome to the newcomers. Um, you know, it takes a lot of courage to walk into this room. Actually, I was thinking about, it, you know, the courage. Um for me, you know, the shame around this disease, it actually didn't really come until I started coming here. <laughs> um, because, <laughs> because, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm a recovering bulimic, and bulimia was just a part of my life. It was just kind of what I did. I never, I, it was just part of, you know, who I was and how I, you know, it was my, it was my plan, my weight plan, my weight loss plan. And um, I, you know, it, I didn't think it was weird until I thought it was weird. And I was worried that I was going to die, so I stopped doing it. Um, but I just want to welcome all the newcomers and just say, you know, you're in such a great place. Um, you know, I keep coming back because I need this program. I, there's nothing else out there that has been able to help me with this problem that I have. Um, the solution here, the solution in the steps, the solution of connection with other people and with sponsorship, um, that is, uh, you know, that is, that is what keeps me from um, going back to that behavior of throwing up every day. Um, I want to say happy birthday to my sponsor and um, just thank her for just being amazing. <laughs> um, I get so much from, you, you work the Rockin' program, it is amazing, and um you know, I uh, I so appreciate that um, you always lead me back to spiritual things and focusing on the good so the good gets bigger. Because I do not focus on the good. <laughs> I don't. That is not my first inclination to focus on the good. Um, okay, so, you know, it's the holiday season. Yay! For people like us, that's not always a good thing. Because it doesn't it seem, okay, it's, it's like shopping and eating. That's the holiday season. Um, you know, it's not, you know, being thankful and, and uh, you know, God and Christ and all the stuff that it's supposed to be about. Um, but it is about those things. And we get to learn that here, that it is about those things. But, um, you know, I've had such an interesting um, week uh, with Thanksgiving just being here. And... Um, I'll share a little story just to kind of give you an idea of how I don't focus on the good um, at, at the beginning or first. And, um, 
you know, my dad actually lives with me right now. He's staying in my home. And, um, and so uh, we decided to have Thanksgiving at our house or at my house. And, um, and, you know, my dad planned this elaborate menu. And I was just like, oh, my God, you know, this is going to affect me somehow, I know, you know. <laughs> I am going to have to do things that I don't want to do, you know. That was my attitude. And um, and I came home early. I got off work early on Wednesday, and um, my dad had done all the shopping. He didn't ask me to do anything. And, uh, you know, I got home, and I was, like, anticipating the drama. And, um, you know, he started talking to me about something, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to go upstairs for a little while. And I went upstairs, and I took a little nap, and um, I woke up, and I swear to God, it was like, you know, it's a wonderful life. I had, like, the holiday spirit just, like, overcame me, and I uh, I went downstairs, and I was like, come on, let's get this started, and we, like, started pre-preparing our Thanksgiving meal on Wednesday night, and we, we like, prepared and cooked from, like, 5.30 in the evening till 10, and um, it was fun. I, I and I was like, oh my god, I had fun. <laughs> I was a little shocked by that. And um, I texted one of my sponsors, and I was like, you know, I had fun with my dad. And she was like, miracles do happen. <laughs> so um, keep coming back; it gets better. <laughs> Not always your thinking, but your behavior, and then the feelings follow. So, um, but you know, and then Thanksgiving Day, my family came over, and. Um, my sister, her two kids, my son was there, and then my mom and her husband um, were supposed to come, um, and it turned out that her husband had thrown his back out, so he couldn't come, so just my mom came, and there was a moment where we were all sitting around the table, and I realized I was sitting at a Thanksgiving dinner table with my mom and my dad, and they've been divorced for over 30 years, and this was the first time we, I don't even have a memory of doing that with them. So that, and they were getting along and having fun, and they were, like, telling stories about when they were newly married and stuff. It was amazing. So that was another little gift that was completely unexpected. Um, so uh, I'm just really grateful to have this program. And the other thing I wanted to share, too, is that, you know, depending on where I am with my food and my food plan, this is something that's that's I've... Um, that I've come to see over this last year. You know, it talks about in our in Chapter 5, it talks about how um, no human power can relieve us of this compulsion. And, um, you know, I tend to rely on human power, you know, in this program. For some reason, like, I always think, you know, if I have the, if I have the right sponsor that's going to keep me in line with my food, you know, um, or if I have the right food plan, you know, that'll hold me accountable and it'll keep me in the lines, you know, and it'll be perfect and I'll be able to do it. Um, you know, I, Leslie has sponsored me, like, on and off three times in this program over the last, you know, however many years. And um, and, and and honestly, one of the reasons that I leave her is because I'm like, I need more structure, you know. I need it to be more structured and um, with my food because... A lot of the times we don't talk about food. We talk about God. We talk about meditation. We talk about, well, I talk to her about, you know, I hate that I'm aging. I'll get to that later. But <laughs> help me not age. It's not going to happen. Um, she doesn't have a magic wand for that. Um, but um, but I just realized that, and, and what happens when I'm really super rigid, I, I've, you know, I've had all kinds of different food plans in this program. 
Um, I've had really, really, you know, free food where I don't really, you know, plan it or, or really think about what it is, and I can do that for a while. And I've been really rigid and had very structured, weighed and measured meals. Um, and one of the things that I've realized is that when I do it that way, I can't sustain it. I can never sustain it, and it inevitably I end up, you know, going off that perfect path and uh, feeling bad. So, um, and the other thing that I realized this year, because I was, you know, my, my food has been sort of, you know, it's, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't throw up no matter what, and right now my food is sort of like, I can really eat whatever I want. I just try to make the most positive choice in the moment. And what's happened is that I've gotten to see how the rigidity that I've been in in the past can affect my relationships, especially with my family. Um, you know, I went out to lunch with my mom and my stepdad and my sister one day, and, um, you know, I, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't, well, sometimes I would go and be like, I, there's nothing here I can eat, and I wouldn't eat. <laughs> and everybody's just looking at me like I'm a lunatic. Um, or, you know, and this time I just had a meal that was on the menu, whatever. I didn't, I wasn't like, don't put this on it, don't put that on it. You know, I didn't do any of that. And my sister, afterwards, she was like, you looked so happy sitting there. And you were so connected to everybody and not, you know, it wasn't like you were separate and apart from. And I, uh, it was so amazing to hear her say that to me. It was, so, it was so meaningful because she knows me. She's known me forever. She's in recovery, too, and um, not in this program, but in um, a couple of other programs. We, we Nardizi girls need a lot of programs. Um, a team of experts working around the clock. Um, <laughs> really serious um but uh, you know and, and I had this experience with my mom I went, I went I just all of a sudden I wanted to go see her on the 4th of July so I drove out there and um and it was just her and me and her husband and um and you know and you know I wasn't in my perfect food mode and she wanted to prepare lunch and so I had this experience of watching my mother in the kitchen um like preparing a meal and like all the, and how eat how like she made it look so easy and she just was talking to me and doing whatever she was doing and you know and we were talking and it was so nice and I had like I got to feel the feeling of my mother loving me because that was how she did it she was like you know doing something nice for us and um preparing that meal and you know when I'm really rigid about my food, I don't get to have those experiences of, you know, being connected with my family over a meal because, I'm, you know, I, I'm always resentful because they don't have what I need, you know what I mean? And it just turns into this ugly thing. Um, so that's my holiday talk. Okay. Um, <laughs> I've been in this program, I've actually been in this program since 2002, and, um, and uh, you know, I came in... I started, I started vomiting when I was 16, I think. And, you know, I, I was thinking about it today. I don't remember how often it was as a teenager. Um, but I just know that when I, I, I got sober in um, 1991, and uh, I went into um, a therapeutic community. And, um, and while I was there, I, you know, I, I started talking about my bulimia and, um, it was the first time I ever addressed it, and I, w I went to like a counselor for a while. And I was—I I remember they had me um, 
you know, not throw up a day at a time. I was marking it on a calendar, and I think I got to, like, 30 days, and then I just could not do it anymore. And I, uh, you know, I was always sneaking off to bathrooms in the facility. Um, and then when I got out, I started going to uh, AA, and, um, and I did not talk about it for eight years. Like, for eight years into my recovery, I did not mention that I had a daily problem with throwing up because it wasn't a problem for me. It worked for me. And, uh, and um, it was the answer. And uh, I, I look back on that today, and I really, um, I really believe that my food, you know, my food issues and my bulimia, bulimia helped me stay sober. Because I didn't have to pick up a drink because I had this other thing. But I will say this. When I started to address this problem, um, and I, and I, and I, when I started, well, when I was first new in OA, um, it was not pleasant at all. I think Leslie sponsored me at that time. I was a lunatic. Um, and I, you know, it's like if you can't throw up anymore, you have to keep food in your body. And, and if, if you're somebody like me who vomits up every meal, you can eat whatever you want. Well, when you stop, you have to learn how to eat. And I did not know how to eat. So I was trying all these different things and, you know, sugar-free because for some reason sugar was the devil. I don't know. I just, you know, I just had no idea what I was doing. And um, I was really, really angry because my body felt horrible. Because when you're a bulimic and you stop throwing up, your body does not know what to do. <laughs> and uh, it does things that you don't want it to do. And uh, it was really uncomfortable. I was so uncomfortable. I would leave meetings, be driving home in my car, and be screaming at the top of my lungs like the exorcist at God <laughs> because of how my body felt. And um, it was really, really hard. And... Uh, you know, and, and it's a process. It's been a process for me. Um, my food has changed many times in, in recovery. Um, and I've also lost my abstinence. And, and then um, I think I relapsed twice. Um, and I'm not sure about the timing of that. But um, actually, I think one, I actually, when I first stopped vomiting, I didn't come to OA for two years. I, like, white-knuckled it and did a lot of dieting, like all the diets. And so I was, that was a whole new obsession, you know, the obsession with the right diet and counting calories and, you know, um, eating only spinach. <laughs> I swear to God, I cannot eat spinach to this day because it was so awful. Um, <laughs> um, unless it's in a salad. Um, but, yeah, it, it, so I tried all kinds of different things. And then, um, so I, I, I relapsed that one time after that two years because I didn't come to OA, and then that's when I ended up in OA. And because um, I was afraid I was going to die. And... Uh, you know, I started coming to meetings, and I started uh, working the steps and, you know, working with a sponsor and um, hating my body, hating my body, loathing my body, loathing food, you know, just so full of anger. And, um, you know, and one of the things I've come to see is, you know, my part of my that bulimic behavior was, was stuffing rage and um when I stopped doing it, it was all coming out. And um, it really came out at me and at my body. I really hated my body. And um, that was a struggle for many years. Um, so I, uh, you know, I came to meetings. I worked the steps. I, you know, I had sponsors. And then, and then I, um, I ended up, 
I got married. I met somebody um, in recovery, and uh, we got married, and we moved to Florida. And, um, you know, that relationship was very volatile and very um, just really dysfunctional. And I ended up losing my abstinence when I went to Florida. And um, I started throwing up again. And then I don't I don't I'm not sure how long we were there. Just a few months, because I was only there for 11 months. That that marriage only lasted a year. Um, but a couple of months into being in Florida, I met, um, I went, I decided to go to an OA meeting, and I met this woman there who, um, or I heard her share, and I knew, like she, the way that she shared, was the language that I knew from here. Like she spoke the language of recovery in California, and I knew that she was the one. But it took me two weeks to call her because I was scared. And um, But I finally did call her, and she started me on a path in this program where it was the first time that I felt really connected and really, like I started to feel abstinent. You know, I started to feel what abstinence felt like, the clear head. You know, I wasn't angry. I was eating a very structured food plan, by the way, um, that she gave me. So... Um, Again, that's human power. Here's the food plan you're going to do. And I did it, and I did it perfectly, and, um, and I did get relief. And um, we, we worked the steps out of the OA 12 and 12, and, um, you know, I went to lots of meetings with her, and uh, it was amazing. And, uh, you know, I think eight months later, I decided to leave that marriage, and um, I came back to California, and I thought, I'm coming home. You know, it's been a year, but I'm coming home where my people are, and I'm going to hit the ground running. Like, I just thought, I'm going to land, and it's just all going to be amazing. And, um, you know, what happened was I got here, and, and, you know, everything settled. I got my job, and I got my place, and, you know, I started, everything started settling. And then, you know, the reality of what had happened all came rushing in at me, and I lost my abstinence again. And, um... I could not stop throwing up for seven months, and it was horrible. It was, it was, uh, you know, I just remember, you know, going into stores, because at that point it became, there was a madness around the food for me, where I was looking for the thing, like it, like there's some, there's a thing that's gonna, if I eat it, it's gonna be it. And so I would go into the market, and I would go up and down the aisles looking for it, and it wasn't there. And it was so, like, there's nothing worse than not being able to find it. Um, and it, the feeling in my body and in my mind, it was just like I was so revved up, and I would just be looking. So I'd just start throwing things into the cart, throwing things into the cart. And then I'd get home, and I would just start ripping stuff open and eating, and that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. None of it was it. And, um, you know, I just, I felt bad for a long time. Um, And, you know, I started working the steps in my other programs um, around that marriage. And not really around that marriage, but around relationships and sex and love. And um, it was, it was, (laughs) it was desperately needed. Um, I really needed to shine a shiny spotlight on the crevices of that area of my life um, to see 
you know, myself and what I, you know, who I was in that and how I behaved in those, in those, um, in those places in my life, how selfish and self-centered I was and how I had no value system around any of it. Nothing. I didn't value you. I didn't value me. I didn't value sex. I didn't value your marriage. I didn't value, you know, I didn't value any of it. And, um, I started, as I started to clean out that part of myself, I started to feel better. And I came back to OA. I remember I um, saw this woman at a, another meeting, um, and she knew some people that I knew in OA. And so I told her that I, was, that I couldn't stop throwing up, and she was like, we were at dinner after a meeting, and she said, well, do you think you can just not throw up tonight when you get home? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. And um, and I couldn't. I couldn't not do it. So, um, But I remember I went home that night, and it was my last binge and purge. And um, I had locked myself in the house that day and uh, was, was binging and throwing up all day. I think, actually, I think it was the next day after meeting her. And um, at the end of the day, I remember I, was, I had taken a shower, and I was... Um, I just felt like my neck was sore and I had a really bad headache and I just felt like I felt like an abused child. That's how I felt. Like I felt like how I used to feel when my mom would grab me by the hair and yank me, you know. I just felt but I, I realized I was doing it to myself. That was me doing that to myself. That my mom wasn't in the picture anymore, it was me. And um so I called that woman and I started coming back to OA and um you know, it, it's been, that was in uh, February, uh, February 12th, 2007 is my abstinence date. And, um, you know, and I've, you know, I'm living many lifetimes in OA. You know, I have a lot of different things that have happened over the last almost seven years. And, um, you know, one of the things that happened was um, when I came back from that marriage, you know, I'm a single mom. I have a son. He's. 24, he just turned 24 last week, and um, when I came back from that marriage, I remember we were in his bedroom, and he was, um, he was, re- he was bending over, getting something out of his closet, and he stood up, and it, I, and I was like, he was like 6'2", and I was like, oh my God, I was supposed to be raising a man this whole time, and I was not, that's not what I had been doing, um, I didn't know how to do that. And I didn't ask anybody for help with that. And, um, you know, it was like I'd seen him for the first time, and I, I, uh, I just didn't want it to be that way anymore. You know, my son and I lived very compartmentalized lives in our house. Like, he lived in his room with his video games and his television, and I lived in the living room and the bathroom with my food and the television. And this was in recovery for me. This was in recovery in other programs. And... Um, you know, I made a decision that that was going to be different, that my relationship with him was going to be different. And, um, and I, um, I changed my meeting schedule so that I was home. He was a senior in high school at the time, and I changed my meeting schedule so I was home during the week and could help him with his homework and, you know, make sure he graduated. And um, he did. And, uh, you know, my son and I have a great relationship today. Um, I used to always worry. I used to always talk about how I was so worried. How's he going to? survive and you know he had learning disabilities and stuff and you know how's he going to have a job and you know I I swear to God I would lay awake at night worrying about him and 
he has a job and he doesn't live with me anymore. He actually moved out in June. And um, I never thought that would happen. And not only did I never think that would happen, but I thought I would be devastated. And I am so not devastated. (laughs) I'm a little devastated that my dad has moved in, but that's okay. (laughs) That was a choice I made without thinking, obviously. Um, So, um, anyway, uh, so in this last year, I... um, I, you know, I started going to college. My sons didn't want to go to school, so I thought, that's okay, I'll go. You know, so I started going to college because I, um, I never, I never went to college. I, I got, took the GED when I was um, in high school, and I never went to college. I had my son when I was like 26, and I was drinking and using in between there. And, um, and then, you know, I was a single mom when he was little, and I was newly sober, and I was, you know, binging and throwing up every day, and. Um, and uh, I always had the desire to go to school. In fact, I remember I went and registered at Valley College, or the day I was supposed to register at Valley College, the 94 earthquake hit. <laughs> so I was like, it's a sign. Um, <laughs> and I didn't register again for like a long time, 10 years. Um, but um, I started going to college, and uh, it has been so amazing. Um, right now, well, here's what happened. While I was going to college, and, um, you know, working full-time and being a single mom, I decided to buy a home. <laughs> and um, I don't know where that came from. Well, actually, what happened was the, the rates were so low, I thought, I can do this, you know. And um, I did get a killer rate. Um, but um, so, I, so I bought a home. Um, I, you know, my escrow closed in November of last year, so I've been there for a year. But what happened was... Um, it was this really cute little tra- uh, townhouse in Tarzana, and one of the things that I loved the most about it was from my bedroom, when you open the blinds, there were these gorgeous pepper trees, just like amazing, like you just knew on a windy night you would hear the, you know, rustling leaves. And um, I was so excited, and I had this, you know, gorgeous sunroof in my, or, you know, uh, what's it called, uh, skylight in my room, and, you know, all, it's all trees. Just That's all you saw out the window. Well, the day I went and picked up my keys and went to go look at my new home, all the trees were gone. And you know what was left? A huge electrical tower. Oh, my. <laughs> I lost my mind and uh, I was so upset I was just like I felt like my friend Veronica is like laughing so hard right now I was devastated over these freaking trees let me tell you and um and uh it was you know it was it was really hard for a while and you know I had a sponsor at the time who um you know her and my relationship was really affected by this because my food got a little messy and um you know, that, that was not, you know, that's not how she worked her program. And, um, and, uh, so our relationship got really, really difficult and, um, it was really hard and sad. And, um, I ended up having to leave that relationship because I felt a lot of shame around my food. And I, I, I refuse to feel shame. I, I cannot feel shame anymore. I just, I can't. 
So, um, so I, I asked Leslie to work with me again. I was so grateful that she graciously accepted. And, um, you know, and, and so, and one of the things, I remember telling her the story about the trees, and she was like, you know, it's like, focus on the goodly sand, you just bought your first home, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, but the trees, you know? Um, and uh, she told me a story that she had experienced when, when she bought her place, and uh, it was very similar, actually. Um, and it's so funny, it's like, it's, it, God works so amazingly in my life um, with the people that, you know, he puts in my life, and, um, you know, it, it, you know it, it helped me to hear that she had gone through something similar, and, you know, and as we were working together, um, very early on, again, you know, in this, in, this, in this new time again, we've been working together for about eight months again, and, um, you know, she said to me one day, you know, I was, I was telling her I was mad about something, <laughs> and she goes, you know, you tend to default to anger. And nobody likes to be around an angry person. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) But but what was so, the thing that, the word that got me was default. She said I defaulted to anger. And it really made me look at myself. I tend to default to anger. It doesn't matter what the real emotion is. I get mad. And that is not helpful at all. And so it really forced me to look at that part of myself and to um, to change that behavior. And I think, you know, over the years that she sponsored me, I've been a big complainer. I'm always whining about something or telling her how I feel. That dark cloud, I'm like Eeyore, you know what I mean? <laughs> and um, I'm calling her on the phone and I'm just like, you know, why everything's horrible and I don't want to get up or whatever. And, um, you know, in this time, and she would say, like, you're always, you're always, like, it's always bad for you. What's going on? Like, she couldn't understand. And um, and this time, I don't think that I behave that way anymore because I really think that that default to anger, <laughs> it really, like, did something to my brain. It, like, clicked it into, like, focus on the goodly sand and the good gets bigger. And um, so I really try to practice that today. And... Um, and, you know, we read certain literature in the morning, and it's, it's always about connecting with God and about, you know, focusing on spiritual things. And, um, you know, I, did, I was asked to lead um, at, the, at the birthday party a meditation, one of the meditations in the morning at, like, 7.15. And um, <clears throat> I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, no, I can't do that. I'm not a big meditator. I mean, my meditation consists of getting up in the morning and reading my literature and, you know, kind of connecting with God in that way, saying my prayers. But, of course, I have been taught not to say no to an OA request. I mean, I'm sure, I I didn't even go to my, because I knew she was going to go, of course you're going to do it, you know what I mean? And so um, I said yes, and what has happened is, it's forced me to start meditating every morning so that I'm prepared. And um, so I've been following these guided meditations. And I swear to God, about a week ago, I called Leslie. I've been doing it for about, I don't know, three weeks now. I was like, oh, my God, my mind got quiet. That has, I go, that has never happened to me before. It was so weird. It really did. It was like, it was almost like it was numb or something. I can't even explain it. I'm sure, I'm sure some of you know what I'm talking about, but I had never experienced that before. 
And um, so, you know, it's like this program calls me to do things that I don't want to do. I don't want to do anything. Everything feels inconvenient to me, everything. My life, getting up, going to work, all of it, walking my dog. I love my dog. I wish I loved everybody the way I love my dog, by the way. But, um, but everything is inconvenient. And I, ne- I, I say no to every, all the way to every single event that I go to. And, um, and I'm never, I'm never... I never regret going. I never regret, you know, when I when I have to speak or when I go to a party or when I. But I never want to go. But I am always happy that I was there. So um, with that, I will close and thank you all for listening. And we have a couple of minutes, I guess, for questions. Um, I had mentioned early on. Um, something about aging and that I would get back to it. So I will get to it now. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, uh, I've never worried about the aging process. Um, it's never, you know, I'm not a big primper. I don't really wear a lot of makeup or, you know, I cut my own hair. Like I do everything myself. Um, I've never colored it. I don't do all of that stuff. And, um, and, you know, when I turned 45 three years ago, um, I swear to God, when it, 45, I could, it, it, it wouldn't even come out. It was like get stuck in my throat. I couldn't even say it the first day. I was like, I'm 40. I couldn't say it. It was like, for whatever reason, 45 sounded huge to me. And, um, and since then, over the years, like I'm 48 now. I'll be, actually, I'll be 49 in uh, January. Um, I am just starting to notice that I look different and that I'm, you know, I'm aging. And so I'm becoming very aware of, like, my skin. I used to lay out in the sun all the time. In fact, I would people would come up to me and be like, God, you're tan. And I started to get insecure about it. Like, am I weirdly tan? Like, what's going on? Um, and so I stopped doing that. And, um, you know, I'm just, I want to take care of myself better. You know, my body is changing and um, my hormones are raging and uh, and it's harder to lose weight at this age that I'm finding like the weight that I've put on over this last year is very very stubborn and um, I don't like that as a bulimic who has loathed her body forever um, and so you know one of the things I work with with my sponsor is um, making healthy choices, and really being aware, like, I want to be healthy, I want to be healthy in my old age, and, um, or as I, you know, as I grow older, and, um, I know, getting ready for that senior citizen menu, um, the discount, uh, but, but, so, like, <laughs> my sponsor is very active, and very into exercise, and I am not into exercise, but, she encourages me to do that, and so, and I, I really want my body to be healthy as I grow older, and so, um, I decided, I got an, I bought an iPad, an iPod specifically for exercising, and I downloaded this Couch to 5K, and I just started it this week, and oh my God, a, a total of eight minutes in two-minute increments, that's how much I ran, I felt like I was going to die, I'm not kidding you, <laughs> and my dog, my, I brought my dog with me, and she was dying too, I'm like, come on, I was like blaming her, like she's holding me back, right, <laughs> come on, because I didn't want the people out in the world to think that I wasn't a runner, um, <laughs> and uh, Maggie and I completed our se- second session today, and we both did better, 
although she passed out on the bed afterwards. Um, so I just, I'm just paying attention and really want to take care of myself and make that part of my recovery in OA. You know what I mean? So, are there any words that I would wrap around um, the term spiritual awakening? Oh my God, I've had so many spiritual awakenings in this program. Um, you know, for me, a lot of my spiritual awakenings have come through the literature. Working deeply in the literature. Um, I went through a process where uh, I was reading the AA Big Book every day and the AA, you know, different pieces of literature. AA Big Book, the 12 and 12, um, AA Comes of Age, which is an amazing piece of literature. Um, and just in my morning writing would have these, like I, one of the, one of the huge spiritual awakenings that I had was around relationships and how, um, you know, relationships have to be a mutual exchange. And, um, you know, so that, it helped me navigate my relationships better, knowing that if it's not mutual, that, that's why they don't work. Like, my marriage didn't work because it wasn't a mutual exchange. So, um, anyway, my time is up. Thank you guys for listening.